return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that many children and their parents or grandparents or friends would come and receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Great night. We call it an hour of power because we've got 60 minutes like worship and in his presence and, and uh, prayer and then in the word. Amen. So, Brother Isaac, come on up tonight. Uh, appreciate Brother Isaac and Hilda, their family. God bless you. Let's welcome him as he comes to share. The word here. Amen. Amen. Shall I bow our heads for a prayer? Yes. We thank you, Jesus, for tonight. Yes, we give Lord. you glory for the gift of health and strength. Yes, Lord. We thank you for we are nowhere else than in your presence. It's so our prayer that tonight feed us with your word. Bless us and let us be more than conquerors. In amen. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I thank God tonight for this wonderful opportunity. And God bless you, Pastor Dave, the pastorate. For the platform giving us Amen. Amen. to minister the word of God. Yes. And I believe that God is here. You know, the, yes. the, the, presence, the presence here is, is, is awesome. You know, yes. God is doing wonderful things in our midst. And, and as the worship was going on, I remember Mama Jeannie spoke about discouragement. You know, people are wounded. People are tired. People are worried. Yeah. And, and they need solutions. Yeah. And there is no other solution than in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. So I believe that tonight, God wants to bless us. Amen. And it, everything that has transpired today up till now yeah. is actually in line with the word of God I want to share with you. Amen. So tonight we'll be talking about contending with footmen. <laughs> contending with footmen. We'll take our scripture reading from Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 1 to 5. So you, you are always righteous, Lord. When I bring a case before you, yet I will speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? You planted them, and they have taken root. They grow and bear fruit. You are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. Yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to, the, to, be, to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. How long will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying, he will not see what happens to us. In verse 5, if you have raised with men on foot, so other version says footmen, and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses if you stumble in safe country? How will you manage the tickets by the Jordan? Yeah. Amen. Tonight, God, God wants to tell us something. You know, anytime I read uh, Jeremiah, about Jeremiah, um, I, I learned so much from this scripture. 
Um, his life is actually an inspiration to many of us as children of God. And you look at his calling and it was unique. You know, at the point where God actually told him that before he was formed in his mother's womb, yep. before he was born, yep. God had set him apart yep. and anointed him as a prophet yep. to yep. the nations. Yep. And then he, he rebuts and says that I am young, I cannot speak. And then God says that don't say you are young and don't say that you cannot speak. For I'm going to touch your mouth and I'm going to give you a word to say. And then God gave him a ministry, you know. He appointed him to uproot, to pull down, to destroy, to overthrow and to plant. And anytime, you know, I read about this this scripture, it it gives me a lot of, you know, inspiration. And it makes us understand that no matter who we are, God has a plan for us. And God has a purpose for us. And when you look at his mission, you realize that he, he became a prophet at a time where Israel had been split into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom and then the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was called Israel and then the southern kingdom was called Judah. So he was a prophet to Judah. And he was more or less like a prophet of doom. Because at the time, the people of Judah were sinning against God. They had incurred the wrath of God. So God brought him in to prophesy against what they were saying. So all he was doing was preaching and prophesying against what they were doing. And then he was also telling them that the wrath of God was coming. So he kept hammering the fact that they are going to go into slavery at the hands of the Babylonians. And you know, anybody who is a prophet of doom is never loved by his people. He kept on, you know, attacking their leaders. He kept on pointing at their sins. And when you look at scriptures, you realize that they never liked him. And he faced a lot of challenges. When we read um, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 to 8, you know, Bible says something in yeah. It said, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day. So that was what he was facing because of prophesying the word of God to the people. Bible says that he was despised. Bible says that he was insulted. Bible says that he was ridiculed. And, you know, he was so hard on God. He thought God had deceived him. Looking at what God told him from the beginning, what I'm going to use you for. And now it looks as if people are rejecting him. When you study his, his, the story very well, you realize that from the time he became a prophet, you know, five kings came to pass. Yet, all that God was, you know, saying through him to the people hadn't manifested. Because of that, they ridiculed him. And they hated him. You have been prophesying doom all these years. Several kings have come and gone. We have still, still seen, you have still, still seen nothing. And you keep on prophesying. So when you read somewhere in scripture, the Bible says even his brothers hated him. Not only did they ridicule him and mock him and insult him, they also threatened his life. So when you read the book of Jeremiah, you know, Bible talks about 11, 11, 21. Bible talks about the people called, the people called Anathot. Bible says that they plotted and they wanted to kill him. So his life was in danger. And because of that, he was discouraged. And that is why I like the atmosphere today. You realize that in our worship, everything that is transpiring here is the hand of God. You know, he was really discouraged. He felt despised. He, he thought God had disappointed him. Because he said God had deceived him. You told me that I should do this and I'm going to bless you. And up to now, nobody has received the word you are, you are speaking through me. 
and he was worried and began to complain bitterly against the Lord. And that is where most Christians sometimes find ourselves in. You know, when, when the promises of God tarry, when the things God has said concerning our lives have not come to fruition, you know, we get to a point in time where we become so discouraged and we feel that God has deserted us. Yeah. But tonight, the Spirit of God says that no discouragement will stand Amen. because He is with us. Amen. And, and sometimes we begin to ask questions, you know. Yes. You know, He asks a lot of questions. Let's go back to the scripture, 12 verse 1. You know, he began to ask God questions. He knew that God was a good God. He knew that God was a righteous God. But, you know, he questioned the justice of God. He said, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? You have planted them. You have planted them. You know, so the verse 1, he was complaining bitterly. He was putting himself, you know, side by side to people who don't even believe in God. He realized that his life was more of a mediocre. His life was more radical than even them who have not even, you know, accepted God. And he began to ask so many questions. And sometimes we ask ourselves, you know, why? Why people are getting ahead of us at work and when we are being overlooked? You know, why, are, why is our life plagued with sickness? Why people who have not even accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior seem to be walking in good health? You know, we begin to ask so many questions about our lives, you know. And, and, and why you think some people are happy and as for you, your life is plagued with troubles and, and difficulties. And, 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 and sometimes people talk about, you know, when you go to Africa, there is this problem of unemployment, you know. And, and, and sometimes believers are devastated, you know, after, after, after serving the Lord, after going to school, after doing all that they can. They are not getting the connections to get them to, you know, to work. Right. Whilst, you know, others who are living anyhow yeah. are being connected in high places. And, and sometimes it, it's really hurting. And, and, and it takes God to actually encourage and hold such people. Amen. So these are things that we face as children of God. Yeah. And that was what, you know, Jeremiah faced. Yeah. In verse 2, he says something. He said, you have planted them and they have taken root. They grow and bear fruit. You are always on their list, but far from their hearts, you know. So now he's angry at God. Yeah. And he's saying that if it is not you whose hand is in their life, they wouldn't be experiencing the, the success that they are experiencing. So are you a biased God to forsake your own and to cause them who do not even care about you to prosper? And I believe that as we preach the word of God and as we speak, there are people who are in this situation. People are beginning to doubt the power of God in their lives. In the verse 3, he says something. He said that, yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. You know, he, 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 he is now trying to, you know, portray some self-righteousness. You know, he has become so bitter and he's so worried at a point in time now he's just trying to compare his purity and righteousness to the other people. Yeah. You know, God, you know me. You know all that I've been doing for you. Right. You know that I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know the prayers I've always been praying. Yeah. You know that I'm a tighter. You know that I, I, I give offerings. You know that I care for, for the needy. You know that I do all that you have said in the word of God. And, 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 there, are, and there are so many people who are facing these challenges. Yeah. You know, there is a group that has arisen back in Ghana who are called the Common Sense Family. And these people are gaining so much roots. I'm sure Levi has heard of them. They are using human philosophies to convince the youth. So a lot of people are no longer trusting in God because they are saying that there is no God. If there is a good God, why are all these things happening? Right. So now the, the philosophy and the theory they are teaching is 
work with your own strength. Plan your own planning. Do everything on your own. And gradually, it is swaying a lot of youth. And people are giving up. So this was the situation, you know, he found himself in. He realized that he was doing the work of God. There were many who were not even doing the work of God, yet they were prospering. And that was the situation he found himself himself in. He referred to his daily devotion to God. I always pray in the morning, I pray in the afternoon, I pray in the evening, I even do intercession for others. And sometimes we even intercede for others and you see their dreams and, 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 and their plans come to pass. And you, the intercessor, you find yourself somewhere below. Yeah. And it, it can be really hurting and very discouraging. Yeah. And, and at that point in time, he began to pray vindictive prayers. When you read the, the verse 3, yeah. the verse 3b, he said, Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. You know, when, when, when you become so embittered, you begin to pray certain unbiblical prayers. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, like, like an example, you are in a workplace and you are always being, you know, harassed and being um, by your, your, your boss, you know, and he's like a thorn, thorn in your flesh. Yeah. He is not the cause. It's actually the devil that is at work in him. Right. So your prayer is that God touch him so that he will not be used as a devil against me. Yeah. But you see, now you begin to attack that personality. Yeah. And in the U.S., I don't see that. But in Africa, we see, you know, these vindictive prayers. Yeah. People are frustrated and people are discouraged. They got into a point in time where they begin to even pray certain prayers that are not biblical. You know, as a prophet who is supposed to pray that God will save these people, he was so much frustrated and so much discouraged and so so much worried down that he even began to pray that God will kill them. You know, know, there are videos, we watched certain videos recently where we have seen in a church where people are holding machetes. And they are praying and throwing it here and there. And, and they say they are killing the devil. And that is how frustration can be. That is how discouragement can be. Yeah. It can even change your, your prayer. Yeah. And that was where he, find, he found himself in. You know? yeah. So he was, he was worried. He was worn out. He was discouraged. Tonight, I don't know where you find yourself in as a child of God. Yeah. I don't know the struggles, the challenges you are going through. I don't know where you see yourself to be fixed and, and, and causing so much discouragement in your life. Yeah. But when I want to tell you that God is there for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, 20 verse 9, you know, yeah. he got to a point in time he wanted to quit serving the Lord. You know, he said that, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am wary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You know, so this is actually telling you the, the resolution he made for himself. That after all these things, this is where I find myself in. I don't think God cares about me. I don't think what God said concerning my calling is actually going to come to pass. So the best thing I can do is to stop serving God. You know, that was where he got to. So we have, we have believers who, who have stopped serving God, who have stopped coming to church, who have stopped prayer, who have stopped trusting God. Just because of afflictions and challenges and difficulties they are facing. And it seems as if God is not coming through for them. So many have stopped church. Now many are no longer even moved by the word of God. They hear it and they say, I have heard this for so many years. I have seen no change. And that was was where he found himself in. People who held on to the values of God have now started compromising. Because they have seen that holding on to their values has gotten them nothing. And that was where he found himself in. You know, every, everything seems not to work for him because he was worn out and he was worried. Yeah. 
You know, it, it, it reminds me of a story I read some time ago about a young man who was learning to be a paratrooper. You know, he was learning to be a paratrooper. And, and before his first jump from the, from the airplane, you know, they gave him a set of instructions. So the first instruction was that you only jump when we tell you to jump. And then when you jump, whilst in the air, count, you know, one to ten. After the tenth count, you know, press, press the rip cord to release the parachute. Yeah. Okay. If that fails, you know, use the emergency rip cord button. Yeah. And then they said, once you do that and you get down, there will be a vehicle waiting for you that will take you back. To the, to the airport, you know. So that was the command or the instructions they gave to him. And then he started. So when he started, he jumped. They asked him to jump, and he jumped. And then he counted one to ten, and he pressed the ripcord button. The parachute filled. No parachute. And then he wanted to turn to the emergency button. It also didn't work. So at this point in time, nothing seemed to work. So whilst he was, you know, coming down, knowing that he he's going to die, he just said that, yeah, he, he, he thinks there will be no vehicle also to wait for him there, yeah. you know. So it looks as if nothing is working. And, and that is how sometimes we find, we find ourselves in as children of God. Right. Nothing seems to work right. And then you look around and it looks as if those who are not even in favor with serving God are prospering. Yeah. You know, are enjoying, you know, the blessings of God. Yeah. And he questioned God. And the verse 5, Bible says something in the verse 5. After saying all these things, after venting out all his worries to God, yeah. Bible says that God gave him a response in the verse 5. He said that if you have raised with men on foot, you know, some versions say that if you have contended with footmen and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound very encouraging. You know, it doesn't sound very encouraging. It's just like, you know, you have a problem and you have gone to a counselor and then you tell the counselor your problem and the, the counselor is supposed to help you, right? He's supposed to offer solutions to your problem and the counselor tells you, tell you that you have not seen anything yet. You know, bigger things are coming, you know. And, and obviously, when you, when you read this scripture, that is what, you know, you think about, that God is not being empathetic to the challenges of Jeremiah, you know. But... In a way, God is just trying to tell him something that, you know, many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Amen. You know, he said that in this world you face a lot of tribulations and struggles, yeah. but be of good cheer Amen. because he has overcome the world. Amen. You know, so that is, that is our hope as children of God. But whilst I was also reading the word of God, you know, one other, you know, thing the spirit of God dropped in my heart is that God was not trying to be mean to Jeremiah. You know, God wanted Jeremiah to see his challenge from God's perspective. You know, to Jeremiah, he knew he was, what he was facing was so huge. What he was facing was so challenging. What he was facing is overwhelming him. It is actually weighing him down. But you see, in the eyes of God, he sees that challenge to be a footman challenge. Yeah. And, and that is how God sees the problem and the struggles and the difficulties we go through. To us, they are challenging to us. There is no solution, but to God, it is, there is nothing impossible for God. Amen. So he said that this thing that you are talking about is actually a footman challenge. It is not even a horse challenge. <laughs> so if you have contended with footmen and they have worried you, wow. how can you contend with horses? So yeah. be rest assured that your, your challenge, your difficulty, and your problem in the eyes of God is actually a footman challenge. <laughs>
And, and, and I believe that God wanted him to know that it is a light problem for him. It is not anything that is difficult for him. You know, when you read the Old Testament very well, you realize that unlike this time where we have the Navy, we have the Army, and then we, we have the Air Force, in those olden times, in the, New Test- in the Old Testament, they only had two people, right? The horsemen, who are the cavalry, and then they had the footmen, you know, the infantry. And normally when they were going to war, nations like Egypt and Babylon, which were bigger nations, they had both of these, they had the footmen, and they also had the cavalry. And the strategy for war was that anytime they are contending with enemies, they send out the footmen first. It is actually the footmen that engages the enemy first. Because they are not so much sophisticated. And what they are to do is that they are to thin, you know, thin out the enemy lines. Just to engage the enemy, you know, reduce, reduce their numbers so that they can launch out the horsemen. So footmen, soldiers were, were just light soldiers. They were not, they were not the real deal. The real deal were actually the horses. Now God is telling us that from his perspective, what you are facing, the challenge you are going through is actually a footman challenge. Yeah. It is something that is not difficult for him. Yes. And that was what he wanted Jeremiah to see from his perspective. Yeah. That he has authority to overcome all these challenges. Yeah. So comparatively, the footmen were not powerful. They were not heavily armed like, you know, the horsemen who had chariots. And they were more powerful, you know. And, and, and he, was, he wanted to tell him that what is scary for man is nothing before him, the Lord. When you read Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 27, God says something. He said that, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? He's the God of all flesh. He's the God of all mankind. There is nothing too hard for him. And, and, and to me, that is what I see he wanted to tell Jeremiah about. That it is a footman challenge. You can overcome it. Grace is sufficient for you. And that was what God was trying to tell him. You know, there was somewhere in scripture in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 37. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary. You know, after giving him all that he wanted to see. You know, he also referred, him, referred Mary to her cousin, Elizabeth. Yeah. And then he said that even Elizabeth, you know, who is an older cousin. Who is way past her time, you know, to even give birth. To be able yeah. to even carry a baby and give birth. Yeah. is also six months pregnant. Yeah. And in the verse, verse 37, the Bible says that, Okay, I like this NIV, for no word of God will ever fail. That is good. Other version is saying, there is nothing impossible for the Lord. And that was what God was trying to tell Jeremiah. So tonight, the word of God is, if you are discouraged, if you are worried down by the challenges and the difficulties you are going through, God is saying that from his perspective, it is a footman challenge. And he has the ability to overturn this. You know... How God sees things are different from how we see, th- we see things. Amen. Bible says that his ways are not our ways. Neither, you know, are his plans our plans. Yep. As far as the heavens are far away from the earth, so yes. far are his plans and his ways yes. from us. You know, Jesus was told by, you know, a leader of a synagogue called Jairus yep. that her daughter is sick and he needed Jesus to yep. come and heal her. Now, when you look at the story very well, Jesus is actually interjected by a woman who has also been bleeding for so many years. So it looks as if Jesus has to meet the need of that woman before he goes to the house of Jairus. You know, and looking at how, you know, the daughter was sick, and I believe that it was an emergency. If Jesus delays, her daughter will die. 
But Jesus is God. You know, Bible says that when, after healing that woman, he, he went, he, they received a, an information from the house of Jairus that don't worry the master any longer because your daughter is gone. Yeah. And Bible says that he went, he still went to the house anyway. And Bible says when he went, they were weeping. And he said, why are you making so much commotion? Yeah. You know, even uh, weeping and wailing before God is like commotion because he right. sees it to be nothing. Right. And they said that the, 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 the girl is already dead. And Jesus says that, why are you worrying yourself? She is not dead, she is asleep. Yeah. It means that from the perspective of God, there is nothing impossible. Amen. So you maybe have challenged for so many years. It doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. Amen. Don't be discouraged. Amen. Jesus sees things differently from how we see yes. things. Tonight he is breaking every spirit of discouragement Amen. and he is bringing healing into our lives. Hallelujah. So what man thought was dead, Jesus said it was asleep. Yeah. And that was what he was trying to tell Jeremiah. That what you think is so difficult is actually a footman challenge. And we are able to overcome it. Amen. So tonight be encouraged, tonight be strengthened. That we have a God who is able to do all things. Yes. And, and, and so it doesn't matter what you are going through. It may be painful. It may be very devastating. It may be worrying. You know, it may be very embarrassing. But Jesus is able to do all things. You know, so I believe that God wanted Jeremiah to confront these footmen. He, he didn't want Jeremiah to be weighed down by the challenge he was facing. Yeah. He wanted Jeremiah to see it from his perspective yes. and hold on to the word of God and confront the footmen in their lives. Amen. You know, and, 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 and just, like, just like in the book of Numbers chapter 13, you know, Bible talks about the spies who were sent, you know, to spy the, the promised land. Bible says that and when they went, they came with a different, you know, story. They said that they saw the Anakites on that land. You know, and from their perspective, they said that they are grasshoppers yeah. before them. Yeah. That was how they saw themselves. Yeah. But when you read the word of God in the book of Numbers chapter 14, Bible talks about two men, you know, Caleb and Joshua. Bible says that as for them, they had an excellent spirit. Yeah. They knew the power of their God. Yes. And they said that they also saw these people, but to them, they know that their God will help them to be able to overcome them. Yes. Because they are just like bread before them. Yes. How can you compare a grasshopper to bread? So the perspective of God is different from our perspective. Amen. God wants us to see these challenges in his perspective and trust in his ability to redeem us. Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight there is much grace abundant to heal us. Tonight there is much grace to lift up from the challenges and difficulties. All you need to do is to embrace it from the perspective of God and face this footman in your lives. Now, when you, when you, when you look at it carefully, you realize that these, like I said, these footmen are sent ahead of the horses, you know, to thin out the enemies, you know, to engage them, make them wary, so they can launch out the horsemen. And that is what the enemy does, you know. The enemy bro- brings footmen challenges in our way, you know, to wear us down, to discourage us, yeah. you know, to break our spirit, yeah. you know. And that is what the enemy does. He wants to break our faith in God. And one thing in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says that everyone who is born of God has overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So there are so many people whose faith have been broken by the enemy. And because of that, these footmen challenges have now become horsemen challenges. But tonight, there is grace abandoned for us. God has us at heart. Hallelujah. God, God wants to bring us out from our challenges and difficulties. One other thing I see from what God actually said to Jeremiah is that 
God wanted Jeremiah to know that his time of vindication was near. His time of vindication was near. Like, like I said, five kings have come and gone. And the words of Jeremiah have fallen on the ground. It hadn't, it hadn't manifested. You know, he had prophesied that the Babylonians would invade them. It hadn't manifested. He had said that God will, you know, punish them for their sins. Yet they were flourishing. Nothing seemed to work, you know. And, and God was trying to tell him that if you have contended, you know, with footmen and they have worried you, how can you contend with horses? So I see that God was trying to tell Jeremiah that his time of vindication is near. Tonight your time of healing is near. Tonight your time of redemption is actually near. You know, the reason why I say that is because anytime someone is closer to his destination, the enemy unleashes the horsemen. You know, anytime you are near your time of blessing, that is when the opposition and the challenge becomes very fierce. You know, it is just like an athletic competition. When you start the race, you have so much energy, there is nothing like fatigue. But as you engineer the finish line, you realize that you begin to be fatigued. You realize that your legs begin to feel very heavy and you begin to gasp for air. And that is how it is. You know, when our time of visitation is near, the enemy wants to unleash his ruthless challenge. But thanks be to God that God has overcome the world. When you read the book of Exodus chapter 14, verse 5 to 14, it's a long story, but it tells us about the people of Israel who were in captivity. You know, they had been in captivity for so long in Egypt, and the time of God's redemption was near. Now, when you read this scripture, it, it tells us something very remarkable. Bible says that after all the miracles and after the last miracle, you know, Pharaoh then allowed the people of Israel to go. You know, just when they were going and they were about to cross, you know, the Red Sea, Bible says that Pharaoh realized that he had done a bad thing by sending them away. And when you read scriptures, the Bible said that he unleashed 600 of his choicest chariots. He released footmen and released his horsemen to go after the Israelites. Their time of redemption was near. And then Pharaoh had unleashed these footmen and has unleashed these horsemen to go after them and bring them back. But thanks be to God that the hand of the Lord was with them. You know, when they got there and they saw that the horsemen and the footmen of, of Pharaoh were coming, the Bible says that the Israelites began to complain. The Israelites be, began to be discouraged. Tonight, I don't know where you find yourself in. Maybe you are discouraged, but I want to tell you that your time of visitation is near. Yeah. But thanks be to God that because of the hand of the Lord that was with them, they were able to cross the Red Sea and they started their journey to the Promised Land. Tonight, the hand of the Lord is with you. It doesn't matter the footmen, it doesn't matter the horsemen that the enemy has unleashed to overcome your life and to prevent you from, from experiencing the blessing of God in your life. And just like the people of Israel who crossed over and God, you know, gulped the people of Egypt down in that Red Sea, tonight God is overcoming your footmen. So don't be discouraged. No matter what you are facing, don't be discouraged. Know that our God sees these challenges as footmen. Yeah. Now begin to embrace things from the perspective of God. Amen. And begin to pray the word of God into the situation. Yes. Begin to speak the will of God into that situation. And by the power of God, God is going to redeem you. Amen. Tonight, this is a word of encouragement God wants me to give to his church. That anything that you are going through, anything you seems to be so difficult in your life, is actually a footman challenge. You shall be able to contend against this footman. You have the ability to come out from that disease. You have that ability to come out from that rejection. 
Because the hand of the Lord is with you. you Everything that has transpired here from worship tells us that indeed God is here. And tonight I believe that he has a purpose for you. So let's embrace things from God's perspective. And know that our challenges are just a walkover for us. In the perspective of God. Just trust God. And all that he has said will definitely come to pass. May the Lord bless us for his word. Be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. For God is still in his miracle working business. And he's coming to your aid. May the Lord bless his word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? Tonight we give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for allaying our fears tonight. Our challenges and difficulties that overwhelmed us, which we thought were so greater and bigger than us. Tonight your word has made us to understand that they are just footmen challenges. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. It is our prayer that by virtue of your word that has come. Bible said that your word does not come void, but comes to accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, that if anybody is battling with any footman of sickness, if anybody is battling with any footman of depression, if anybody is battling with any footman of discouragement, tonight, by virtue of your word, may you release your people in the name of Jesus. Your word has made us to understand that your word is like fire that consumes. Your word has made us to understand that your word is like hammer that crushes the rock. It is our prayer that by virtue of the power in your word, O God, may you crush every footman in our lives. May you grant us the liberty to walk in you, O God. We thank you for your miracle that is at work tonight. We give you all the glory, O Lord, for our lives are not the same again. We bless you for an answered prayer. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. In Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. 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 God bless you. If anyone needs prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.